I'm joined by Nimai Pandit, principal farmer and owner of Gopal Farm in New York. Thank you so much for joining hey. me, Nimai. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Thank you very much. And I, I like to just start by asking the first question of what is the problem that you're solving with Gopal Farm? Well, sustainability. Like we were talking about earlier, economics sustainability, but there is also emotional sustainability in our lives. Mm. Uh, you would say a karmic sustainability. You know, uh, the violence that we that we commit, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, for food or otherwise, it is violence to other living entities, and that is going to you know there is a equal and opposite reaction for every action we don't want to go and so the reaction the violence comes back where is it going to go um i mean we don't have to go in the whole religious uh, connotation but still there are you know they are living entities and uh, so many people say now what is happening with coronavirus coming and it's like an, an animal strikes back. You know? Yeah, so, I, I've heard that. So how do we do agriculture in a sustainable manner? You know, that's been my thinking, not just with uh, everything, with the soil, with the uh, environment, with people, with emotions, mm-hmm. with community, and uh, animals should be taken care of too. In, in the Vedic culture, all the living entities in a kingdom are called praja praja means citizen mm. not just human beings you know we, so basically it's the responsibility of the leaders and we are kind of leaders to our folk including like we have cows and uh, chickens and uh, and uh, goats dog cats I mean, we have to take care of them, like our citizen, our you know, which we living entities that which I have been asked to take care. So I can't eat them up you know, after taking care of them for some time. Um, I can't say I am taking care of them compassionately till I have to kill them and eat them. You're not saying. I mean, no. We, how can we? You know, if we look in the animal's eyes and uh, say now now is the time i have to kill you and it's uh, most people with uh, compassion in the heart they cannot yeah i know of many dairy farmers here in new york state they <clears throat> like i i meet many farmers many dairy farmers and and of course a lot of them they won't care and but many of them they care they they say if i had no if i if i know how to um make my dairy sustainable economically sustainable without sending the older cows without sending the male calves to the slaughterhouse uh, i would do it so that's the problem you know how to really sustainability we have to redefine the relation the 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 definition by opening our heart to everything around us hmm. you know not just 
whatever we think should be sustainable at that point in time. Oh, the, the atmosphere needs to be sustainable. Okay. Now, or oh, the soil we need to, or oh, there is a lot of uh, topsoil is, is, is not there. We have to, um, we have to grow sustainably. We have to get the regenerate, we have to regenerate the soil back. But are we taking care of the animals too? Are we taking care of the environment while doing it too? Are we taking care of the people who are going to farm there too? What about the health of the people who are farming? What about the health of the vegetables that we are going to grow? What about the kind of vegetables we'll grow that will grow the immunity of the people? Uh, you know, we have to sustainability, that word sustainability, I, I feel um, we should think about it more I, I need to think about it more in, in daily basis it sounds like what, what you're sustaining yeah it sounds like what you're referring to is um a holistic approach to this term of sustainability not just focusing on one specific aspect of it like uh climate change or co2 emissions that's one piece of a bigger puzzle and if we're going to solve one issue then we need to look at all of the issues that surrounded as well because fixing one doesn't necessarily mean fixing all mm -hmm. it's like uh, if you fix try to fix one thing without the whole then another thing will go off yeah exactly you know if we so the our our farming philosophy is the isha farming and that's based on a scriptural uh, like a scripture in india called isha Upanishad, and those are vedic literatures and the first verse, which is called an invocation verse, it is called, it says, Ishavasya idam sarvam yad kintya jagatyam jagat. Let's go back. Uh, the verse is Om Purnamada Purnamadam Purnat Purnamadachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamivavashushate. It says, everything in this creation is complete and it is made by a complete whole. And everything coming out from the complete whole is also complete. And the, when the complete comes out of the complete, it re still remains the complete. Mm. It's referring to the Supreme Person who is complete. So, uh, I mean, the, the ancient Vedic literatures or the culture was to take everything as complete units. As a complete thing, everything around it is all intertwined. Everything we can't leave one or two things out because at one point of time, you know, I would think uh, not. And Nimai, one of the the reasons that I, I really wanted to speak with you because we're talking a bit philosophically now, but you know, you were mentioning about taking care of all citizens and and all life, and. Um, you were recently featured in Vice as the dairy farmer who wants to make milk for vegans. And that's not, that's not plant-based milk. This is milk from cows, uh, as far as I understand. So, um, milk. Milk, yeah, absolutely. So um, how, how do you make milk, cow, cow's milk for, for vegans? So... It's 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 become a little controversial. I didn't know it will become controversial. 
people call me sometimes and uh, tell me both sides of the thing so my thinking was see the from from our time since our civilizations have been around and records have been there anecdotal or written all civilizations have had cattle cows with them and children uh, right after the mother's milk uh, we take uh, cow's milk it's uh, is even if like uh, the native americans didn't know or africans didn't know and uh, and and asians didn't know each other before but somehow the other they're all knew this one thing mm. you know that uh, cow's milk we should drink uh, baby should especially and there is a there is a lot of i mean it's there's a lot of studies done without uh, this milk it is uh, the mm, the brain substance does not form there is a whole omega 3 debate about how the cow milk helps in that developing and the fatty fatty acids and there are so many immunity now the whole coronavirus thing you know now we know our cow our uh, like we have a calf uh, karna he we rescued him from a from a um, beef farm so my my wife didn't want her to die so she got um, the calf without telling me but uh, it's an interesting surprise he came in he came up when he was 3 year old and he was so sickly maybe 7 year 7 days old i said 3 years old you said 3 years oh, but he was 3 days or maybe 7 days old he was he was 7 days old and he was so sickly hmm. because because they were going to send him for slaughtering they didn't feed him the colostrum the first 6 7 days of the mother's milk um so he is still like so small and he is always getting sick small small sickness he is always there and in dairy farms we always know that that milk is extremely important for the baby to drink otherwise his immunity will not develop and that's so true for us too with the mother's milk and similarly with cow's milk when little bit we come older um so cow's milk was so essential for our and i cannot live without cow's milk but i couldn't find any good cow milk um as as you're talking about earlier about sustainability um people like most vegans think no like proper thinking people can't see the cruelty going behind the cows uh, milk coming on their table you know if we drink a milk and then we think all what has taken uh, 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 to get this milk here it's uh, people can't digest it so well uh, literally so you're referring thoughtful- to the way that um uh, in conventional farming how right yeah in the factory farming how the you know the i mean it's so so horrible that uh, the baby as soon as the i mean just just their average age normally a normal cow's average age should be around 20 year old 20 that's how long they they normally live 20 to 24 years and you know years. how many what's the average age in a factory farm just uh, make a guess well if you're asking my first guess would be like 5 or 6 years oh you're correct yeah Oh man. It's like one fourth. 
it's it's like your employer doesn't give you any benefits makes you work like stand puts put you in the in the in the workplace you can't move from there just in that cubicle a little bit it gives you food gives you water um, and gets you to just produce 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 so we may have you could live maybe 100 years you wouldn't you die within 25 years or you become very sickly and you want to get yeah. and basically finish off and, and then you are sent off for whatever is left over on, on the meat on the bones um, so that's the kind of uh, and then the production is basically the the baby comes out baby the farmers won't let the baby come to the cow and drink the first milk the mother is looking where is the baby because she has been carrying and you know, she's always looking like with our wide eyes we see all the time when she gives birth she is looking where is she is you know, very concerned so they won't let the baby come and suckle the milk why because they both will develop emotional bond mm. and because of the emotional bond the baby will feel lost and the mother will be disturbed and the milk production will come down mm. that's the kind of uh, you know that kind of it starts with that from the babyhood and then the water like milk bottle is fed without knowing who mom is uh, nobody just alone and then whole life is is like that it grows up and so, the feed also is so horrible uh, not a uh, not a proper cow you know grass stomachs have been designed for grass everything including yeah. the four stomachs and then fermentation of it of the curd and the whole thing is designed the gut is designed for a, for grass and a um, little bit if there is need sometimes we do give you know little grains just when she's she just has a baby or she's feeling a little weak and give grains to just boost the energy some protein but otherwise she doesn't need any 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 grains uh, what to speak of very heavy grain diet and it spoils the whole uh, it just produces a lot of milk for some time not good quality milk and a lot of milk so milk is like essence of our body you know for mother if she's if you had a child you know mother whatever she is eating healthy food that's what the milk will be of you know Absolutely. so you are what so, you eat so the cows they they need good food and then they produce very good healthy milk and similarly when when the milk is not very the, the food is not very good and the feed is uh, is um, like sometimes killed and grounded beef and you know, mm. all these horrible things for the cow so the milk that is produced is first of all very third class it doesn't taste good it's not very nutritious and you have to and the whole process of transferring milk to long distances with the uh, you know this uh, uh, high flash the high 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 temperature oh, pasteurization. Uh, pasteurization they figured out for 6 months the milk will have not have problem really 6 months there's no life in the milk that's why there is no problem i <laughs> no bacteria left 
So because you can transport it over distance, you can yeah. store it. It's just milk. It's just brand. If milk was a uh, copyrighted by the cow, none of our dairy farmers or producers will be able to be in business because milk came out from cow. That's how the milk was. The branding, the copyright, the trademark should be belonging to the cow, right? And now the oat milk, just to use the milk, oat milk and this milk and hemp milk. And I have nothing against oat and eating oat and eating hemp or why call it milk. Uh, and and uh, because the milk quality itself is so horrible, the cow milk quality, you don't care for all the, all the different uh, adulterated versions of, of milk. Yeah. So how is um, Gopal different in terms of what you do? Because if you're making milk that's suitable for vegans, then everything you just described surely can't be, I mean, it, it must be completely different. So it first starts with the baby. You know? As soon as the baby is born, the baby suckles them with the mom. And uh, and we have seen the mom just licks, 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 licks. Baby removes all the blood and and all the all the liquid, you know, all the um, from the baby's body. Also, they say in India villages that by doing that, she knows what's the health of the baby. So that yeah, and so that she could when she goes out to pasture. Every day morning, she would look for if there is something lacking in the baby's body. She'll look for those herbs to eat. Hmm. So oh, that I when she because then it, it it goes through her her milk because this is she doesn't have a pharmacy. She has this pharmacy, you know, to 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 get the baby good. And so in order, she loves, yeah. Nima, sorry, just uh, that's a really interesting point. So in order for there to be enough of those herbs so that she can have the farm, a see, there needs to be a pasture that's full of different types of grasses. Exactly. A, a, a forest kind of pasture, not an artificial pasture. But, but uh, I mean, the nature is really very abundant. If you just deliver pasture, so many other um, you know, the underlying seeds there and the biodiversity is there, so they will come out. And the cow knows when it is to the smell and to the eyes a little bit and the touch, what to, what to eat. Yeah. Because I've also seen when we were in, uh, when we were in Jaisalmer, that's a place where it's a whole region where lots and lots of, um, dairy farms are there because their only, only way they can survive is by it's a desert area and they have grasslands which uh, like Arizona mm. and big grasslands with little amount of water they, and they become green lush green like 10 inches of water all year but they are so green and wow. drains and the cows that's the only thing that practically we can do is uh, it's daring. So cows go around and eat those. And I've seen they one day they are going to this herb. Another few days later they are going to another. They were not going to eat that. And they would then they explain that it is because they think the baby has this issue. That's why she is wanting to eat that normal grass and little, not like the whole thing. Like yeah, we yeah. take a little bit of wheat grass, you know, sometimes 
um, like that. She will do that. It's just to augment and uh, to add to the yeah um, some herbal herbal medicine yeah concoction in the milk. So that's um that's one of the the things you do. Why why else is your milk suitable for right? Milk? So then the baby when uh, when uh, she suckles the milk, the baby suckles the milk and she licks the baby. These are two very important points. Only then, so the, the vegans. I'm a little bit digressing, but it is part of this. The uh, vegans. One thing they talk about is uh, cruelty. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't drink the milk. I I accept. I follow that same thing. I don't want to you know, encourage nor support. I cannot drink that milk. It makes me sick mentally, and I cannot. So that I'm total in in conjunction with vegan thinking. Then there is the whole thing about the the milk is not meant for the babies. Uh, is only meant for the uh, calves, the babies of the uh, of the cows, not for the human being. That I disagree on. I also disagree on that the thinking is that if we take that milk, then the baby doesn't get the milk. So for both of these arguments, I always say that. Uh, so about when the cows they they take the uh, when the when they go near a baby or the baby is brought near the cow, the we have seen the you know they they love each other so much they start drinking. But after some time, she starts kicking the baby away. <laughs> we we have seen it every day. We we see it. Besides, she doesn't want him to take all the milk why two reasons one is because yeah, and we did an experiment that if the baby drinks like we drink too much milk we get uh, diarrhea and so so similarly with cow babies too i mean if one is not experiencing a daily basis one would think oh you know it feels like oh we are taking somebody's milk and but we see if the cow gives lets him drink more and more milk then he gets diarrhea so she out of compassion and maternity instruction she she starts kicking him and get away get away and he just wants he because like the the baby the calf or male or you know, female calf they are very they don't know what to, what is good for them so she kicks them sometimes like it, it kicks them on the head get away wow and they have to and you know they have to get away even though they that's there like like really so what you're saying and is that there's uh, the the mother doesn't want the baby to drink all the milk so meaning yeah. that there is milk left over so she has four teats okay now once the baby normal cows let's say a let's say a brown swiss whom we have they are huge big cows from the swiss mountains which have become quite popular around the world so they uh, they produce like if they are on grass the four teeth will produce around one one and a half to maybe two gallons each so that's milk eight. every every day almost eight gallons six to eight but it's an average because in the beginning it is a little more because uh, you know, she has just come into um, this thing freshened up, and then she then as she goes on, she knows the baby doesn't need so much milk, so she starts reducing it, and it comes down to two or three gallons too. 
So the baby, when because it's small, you know, when it first comes out. So at that time, uh, that baby she'll drink only maybe mm, like a gallon or two, one and a half gallons maximum. It, otherwise, she and the baby is gone. We cannot uh, carry on. The whole day will be like lying around because sickly, because diarrhea is going on, and we have to do so many things to uh, get him up and running again and get away from milk get him away from milk for a day or two and uh, try to do something else so it's it's tough at the time so if uh, but cow what about all the other milk you know there are another two issues are there with it one is it's just like when our bladder is full with uh, you know we need to go pee we cannot how it feels and once we have gone and done our bit then how uh, such a big relief isn't it that's exactly how the cow feels in a different part of body you know ask the mom you know they have to pump the milk out um, the breast pumps because it's such a pressure on the on the glands so who is going to take that that's my first question who where is going to go second and uh, she feels for us the the mother the cow she wants to feed us too now some people may think oh you know this is just hokey pokey thing you know just uh, but anyone comes let them come to the farm like I know people who, are, who have grown up on dairy farms and people, they, when they see that, they'll say, yeah, I know the cow, like as a loving member, they'll come running to us. They know who we are. They know how we are taking care of them. They, she also wants to reciprocate like everybody else. And she knows we, we take the milk. That is like, I mean, many cow by hand, if we are milking, they don't allow like they have their person okay only i will get the milk out from this person why is that it's not because i have better hands or something they just love that that relationship if it's you don't have the relationship bond. yeah the emotional bond when we take that milk i take the milk from one cow satisfied okay i did the good thing i did my job and then she goes back out again and brings milk for um, for her baby, primarily our baby, but after that, all that extra milk is for us. So, how do you make sure? I mean, uh, I guess one of the the reasons why dairy farmers would send an unproductive cow uh, away in that manner is because of the financial burden of having. Uh, you know, if you're looking at it strictly financially, it's an asset that's not actually producing anything and requires money. So it's basically you're getting you you're paying for something that's not actually providing a return so how do you make sure that that's you know speaking of economical sustainability how do you make sure that that's feasible yeah very good question so that's been the the holy grail for people from so many times we have been trying to figure that out especially since the tractor came in because the oxen couldn't work. Mm. I mean, there was you can't compete the efficiency of the 
oxen and the ox and the tractor. Otherwise, before America was uh, built by the oxen, the mm-hmm. trains of oxen went from the east to the west coast, and they, and people went in those uh, um, wagons, you know, the wagon trains. They had oxen, and then they built the railways. They had oxen. I mean, and all the farming was being done by oxen. So it was, uh, so oxen had value because uh, oxen means when a, a mother gives birth, she could even pr- either produce a female or a male. It's almost 50-50. Yeah, so this is the holy grail of how to get the oxen and the, and the cows even after they are sickly or old. To So this is a... a you mentioned that they are not productive. You, they are not. So I disagree with that because the cow, even when she's old, she is pooping. Uh, so for us, her poop is the is the main ingredient by which uh, the taste. I mean, everything is is coming from that. Uh, is the basis of all of our production is. Or, and most of our, even in the houses, people, in, if you go to Home Depot, you pick up, you go in the compost section, you see most of the compost would be cow manure, hmm. you know, based. Of course, there are some other things are added, but that's the base. That's the biggest uh, cow, I mean, that the fertilizer all everybody uses and have been using for ages. Everybody knows the, it has the perfect combination of NPK. It has so many nutrients. and It's like the perfect thing for all the farmers. If they get that, then they don't need anything else because it's not available. Then we look for other, other sources of compost, which are also good, but not as good as the cow milk. In, in this quantity, I mean, you can get some kelp for this particular purpose or something, but in this quantity, large for, you know, it's nothing like that. So, and that she does is till her dying day, you know, till her dying day, she'll, she'll produce that. Now, of course, the, it is not enough to compensate for how much uh, money is being used by her for survival in her old age, which is, I, I, I kind of feel like so strongly about it. Like mm-hmm. I challenge any old person in the world to say, I, maybe there are a few, but men, most elderly people would say, I, I am living on my savings, what I did before. And then how can we say you the cow you you but you cannot do that you know so that's why we developed a, a saving account for the cows like a 401k kind of so in her productive years whatever products she's producing milk products mainly and if we sell any compost which we don't intend to and don't have enough to uh, to sell but if later years if we sell then we would take 10% of the revenue sale amount uh, not the profit or anything the sale the revenue amount 10% and put it in that straight put it in that uh, in that saving account so what exactly is as you call it the the uh, quote unquote kind price of milk well there is uh, there is a 
a flip side to it there's a cruel price to milk too and then there is a healthy price of milk and then there is a so i kind of say four dollars or so is a cruel milk cruel price of milk four dollars per gallon yeah and anything less than that is obviously the same very cruel yeah yeah and so and the healthy price of milk is ten dollars twelve dollars a healthy a price of healthy milk is so i call it the healthy price and our health price and the kind price is around fifteen dollars a gallon because uh, you're taking out the ten percent mm-hmm. and then you are going little inefficient because you are keeping the baby with the cow taking care of the cow much more and then later on in her years as she goes her productivity goes down little less milk she produces so all of that if we put together uh, $15 is the kind price and uh, and then it is sustainable so it's not her fault that you don't like people don't want to uh, be kind to her have you started uh, selling milk at these prices and uh, no not yet we are working on the investment for on the dairy farm Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a barn and uh, so to make it sustainable we wanted to make sure we we have a price 15 dollar gallon now most of the dairies what they do is they have wholesalers come in and purchase at a at a particular price maybe two and a half one and a half dollar a gallon very cheap and then they are jacked up and three or four dollars at our at our place and of course it is not sustainable many are going out of business uh, now because the prices of milk have come down more even organic milk so to make it uh, sustainably priced we need to be able to sell as much as i can at 15 dollars otherwise it's not going to work for a long time so i need to put in enough infrastructure infrastructure means when the milk is there it is um, uh, cool immediately according to the regulations as soon as we milk her so uh, it is safe to handle and drink later and also then if enough milk is not sold that particular day or the next day then we can convert it into uh, butter uh, and uh, ghee and uh, yogurt and so many other goodies for that we need a creamery creamery is expensive mm-hmm. regulations are also and so we are going through that process some investors are helping and we are looking for more investors which can who have the same value system who are not looking for the cruel milk uh, or even the healthy milk and people who understand the kind milk aspect and see there are enough people in the world actually who once they know that what it is and they know there is something alternative available they would want to pay the kind price of the milk uh, so that's where we are at we hope by to mm, 21 march april we will have that uh, going with your blessings and everybody's yeah where can people learn if they want to um actually assist with with the infrastructure by investing or uh, to purchase your products where can people go to uh, either speak to you or learn more about the work that you're doing 
Oh, we have an Instagram uh, account, and it is called. It has. It is Gopal G O P A L dot pharma, and you would see the updates there. Of course, we have the website with the same name, uh, www.gopal.farm. And uh, you write to us if you have interest. We have a package. You could look at it. And uh, But everybody's help is uh, very important because we all are affected by this, uh, this uh, cruel practices in agriculture. And, mm-hmm. You know, in our own practices, you know, our own thinking, teaching our uh, dependents, children, everybody. We, sh- we we need to be thoughtful about. I feel you know, that uh, we need to be I mean, more and more. All of us, we need to become more thoughtful in all of our dealings, um, because the violence which we commit in this world do have a way of you know, of catching us yeah. some way or the other. Speaking mm-hmm. of your Instagram, uh, I, I took a look at it before our call, and I, I really enjoyed watching the videos of you picking your um, heirloom seeds from different vendors around India, um, just going to all the different stalls and, and tasting all the vegetables and fruits and picking out the ones that you really like. It's, it's really fun and interesting to watch you do that. Oh, that's a whole topic and it's it's so saddening that all over our uh, maybe it's the wave last uh, it's a it's a communism uh, palette communism i call it palette communism that we uh, we have become satisfied with just those 15 20 vegetables mm. that's it we don't want to that's it everybody should just eat that and you know, all the re- regions in the world, I mean, it's so much diversity, thousands and thousands and thousands of different kinds of vegetables are existing in this world. And our our tongue can, I mean, it's so long. I mean, just imagine the tomatoes too. There are, as farmers, we know there are immense number of varieties of tomatoes. But in the grocery stores, we are used to just picking out tomato. Yeah. Right. If there it's is something else, then you say, "Oh, yeah. what's this?" Uh, you know. Yeah. And rice. There are thousands of varieties. Literally, I we were in the millions. I know. I didn't want to say millions and shock you too much, <laughs> but um, I mean, lot, lots, and lots have been uh, lost. Uh, yeah. We were in in the in the foothills of the Himalayas, and uh, so there. Uh, you know, Vandana Shiva's uh, place is there. You know, Vandana Shiva, she she has a place there called uh, Navagram, Navagram or something. Hmm. So we went, We they have a test plot, not test a plot, but they make seed, uh, seed library kind of storage and seed library. So for that whole region, they were telling me they have 250 or 300 varieties of rice just from that region. Wow. Just from the region, basmati rice, many many kinds of basmati rice, hundreds of basmati rices. So, but that is one. I mean, rice. I can talk about with you. So, I mean, in, even in India, there are so many aromatic. I'm really into these aromatic rices now, and there is aromatic rices. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just rice. Aromatic rices within the aromatic rices. 
there are varieties which help one uh, when one has heart disease when one has diabetes when one has uh, one is feeling little when it is in when you are in summer time you feeling you know uh, too much heat in the body that or winter rice so many different kinds of rices are wow. existing and people used to grow them and there was specialist connoisseurs of rices who would buy those rice they keep all the different so many different kinds of rices and one day you cook that one day you cook this and not just rices it's really interesting i i know exactly what you're talking about you end up eating basically the same 5 10 15 there was steady it says 30 crops 30 crops 30 crops have become standardized around the world i'm guessing corn takes up 90% of that on people's palate yeah but yeah. it's different yeah but yeah tomato uh, there is one kind of squash everyone yeah. likes there is one kind of tomato maybe two kinds of tomatoes people like and the green beans you know that string green beans has become yeah. so famous but we ourselves are going seven green beans seven different kinds of beans like bing bean and and uh, the the long weller bean and the mung bean i mean different kinds of beans we ourselves are growing wow we are growing six kinds of cucumbers <laughs> when in india there are like tw- 20s of cucumbers different kinds like shape sizes taste what season they grow and there's like amazing varieties in this yeah. world you, you know i recently discovered okra and my absolute i absolutely love okra um and i i i it's just so delicious and it's such a a unique flavor i think um and you know when you mentioned palate communism that was the first thing i thought of is okra is a relatively new vegetable that i've introduced into my into my diet and with palate communism you don't get access to that and it's actually quite hard to find it's not in any supermarket i have to go to kind of special corner shops to get it. Mm-hmm. So okra also has huge number of varieties too. Yeah, I'm sure. I was yeah. Yeah, yeah true. I mean the the best variety that uh, uh, we know uh, we we know now what is the best variety of okra. Mm-hmm. You know how? That's the variety which the deer loves. That the deer loves. <laughs> Every morning he comes and they were eating all only one variety of okra not the other variety of okra now and everybody loved that variety too so we knew they know that's which the winner is the right variety yeah. yeah that's amazing well uh, nimai thank you again very much for your time really interesting to hear about how you're thinking about farming differently how you're thinking about the holistic system of of sustainability in general uh, whether it's the actual practices or the economics of it and i think the work you're doing is is really outstanding and it sounds like you're just getting started really and there's a lot more room uh, to grow so for anyone who's interested in in participating they should just um go to gopal gopal.farm and uh, they'll be able to talk to you well, thank you daniel this is a really nice uh, opportunity you have you're doing really good work i thank you. started watching your your thing on youtube you said yeah and um, Well, we'll be in touch. Yeah, sounds great, Nimai. Thank, Thank you, you again. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating. And also, please subscribe, whether on your podcast app or on YouTube. And that way you can be the first to know about new episodes. Thank you very much and talk to you soon.